so we're going to get into the message of the day. So I was really, when Jason asked me to preach, I was really concerned. I'm like, what am I going to preach about? But what, is there any better way than to start the year with God? I think the best way to, to start the year is to start the year with God. So I'm going to pray to calm my nerves as we start the message. Uh, God, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the message that's about to be preached. God, I just thank you for speaking through me. Uh, I believe that I'm anointed to preach this word with simplicity and understanding. And I just thank you, God, that you will help us to just to learn and to hear from you, God, as you're going to be speaking through me. In Jesus' name, and the people said, perfect. so growing up, I had a great relationship with my father. Me and my father were, were besties. He was my best friend. I mean, he had no choice but to love me because uh, I have been a winner from uh, my, 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 my previous life. The very first thing I won was a swimming competition. And because I won that, you guys did not get that at all. But anyway, <laughs> the, very f- <laughs> the very first thing I won was a swimming competition. And me and my father had a great relationship. We loved each other. I used to spend a lot of time with my father. And I remember when I was in primary school, um, usually on Fridays, I would wait for him. I would come back from school, take a shower, and wait for him to come back. When he comes back and we we'll go to the pub together, he would drink his beer, I would drink my Coke. That was before I was saved. And we would then uh, spend a lot of time together, and I was very young, and would go home. On Saturdays, we'd go together fishing. Uh, we'd go fishing together with my father. We'd spend the, the whole weekend together. That was the type of relationship I had with my father. I remember all the memories I had when I was young, him teaching me how to drive when I was 13. I know you're saying that's illegal, but that was the type of relationship I had with my father. We were so, 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 so close to each other. And I think there was a shift in the relationship when I got to high school. I think I blame it on puberty. Um, There was a shift in our relationship where the relationship shifted from me spending a lot of time with my father to him doing things for me. And the relationship was now him just providing for me and just giving me everything I needed and just giving me if I want something for a sport. You know when you're in high school, you say, Dad, I want to... I'm, I'm now playing golf, and he buys you clubs, and you play golf for a month, and you put those clubs away, and you, next, you move on to the next thing. And he was just there to provide for everything I needed. But in the season that I was in at the time, what I needed more was spending time with my father, not him doing things for me. I think this is a perfect reflection on some of our relationships with God today. A perfect re- re- reflection on some of our relationships with God today where we do things for God at the expense of spending time with God. We focus on actually just doing things for God. We come to church, we, 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 we come to church, we, we, we serve, we, we are leaders in church, but we actually get to neglect spending time with God. This is difficult for, for me as I'm on staff. I always have to find the balance between me coming to church and doing things for God and working for God and actually just spending time and falling in love with the Jesus that I'm working for. And it's, it's a very difficult balance to find between us doing things for God and actually spending time with God. I'm going to read a scripture that will give us a bit of perspective on what Jesus was talking about, what, what will prove the importance of us not doing things for God, but actually doing things because we love God. Matthew 7, 23 to 22 to 23, I'm, I'm going to be reading from the NLT version. Um, on, 
on, on judgment day, men will say to me, Lord, Lord, we have prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. That is the danger of us coming to church and doing things for God and not actually spending time with God. Christianity is about two things. Christianity is firstly about us having a personal relationship with Jesus. That is the most important thing. And the second thing that Christianity is about is us getting a personal revelation of who Jesus is. I'm going to show us the relationship between the relationship and the revelation just now. I just rhymed there, but I don't know how that all ties in together. But I'm going to show us in the scriptures how that all comes, comes in together. But if I ask you guys a question, if I ask you guys a question, if I put on a Manchester United jersey, which is the best team in the world, do not argue with me, argue with your ancestors. If I put on a Manchester United jersey, written number 10 at the back, Tyrone at the back, does that mean that I play for the team? It does not mean that I play for the team. So the fact that we come to church and we are in church, as long as we don't, does not mean that we have a relationship with Jesus. The fact that we are serving God, we are serving every Sunday, week in, week out, does not mean that we have a relationship with Jesus. So as I said, Christianity is about two things, having a personal relationship with Jesus. It, it is a personal relationship. It's not, it's not a relationship that you get through your partner. It's not a relationship that you get through, uh, it's, not, it's not by marriage or by blood. It's a personal relationship that you have to have with your God. And it's important for us to get that revelation that Christianity is about having a personal re revelation and a personal relationship. I'm going to read a scripture for us um, from Matthew 16, chapter, Matthew chapter 16, 13 to 18. And in this scripture, it's a very common scripture for, for, for some. Uh, it really shows us the importance of, of having a relationship or spending time with Jesus. And Matthew 16 says that when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? This was a clue, but they didn't get it. And then the Bible says, well, they, if you're going to read the Bible, you need to understand the grammatical construction of the Bible. So when the Bible says they, it, it means that they, the disciples, started shouting answers. It says that they replied, some say you are John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jer Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And Jesus said, this is perfect, this is fine. I understand what they say about me, but I'm going to ask you guys, what do you say about me? I read the Bible like this, I'm weird like that. I see the awkward silences where they're not. And immediately, there was an awkward silence. Everyone kept quiet. And, G and P Simon Peter answered, only one person answered and said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you, and you did not learn this from any human being. Now, I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. Upon this rock, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I'm going to give you a bit of context in the scripture that I just read, because there are many things that just happened there that are important to what we're going to be talking about today. The first thing that happened is that Jesus changes, um, um, Jesus says that you, any human being, no human being revealed who I am to you because my Father in heaven revealed this to you. The reason why he said that, if you, if you go to um, 
John 1.40, you see that Peter came to Jesus because his brother, Andrew, had gone to him and told him about Jesus. Andrew had told Peter about Jesus and said, we have found him who is called the Messiah in, in, in that portion of Scripture. But then there was a shift in that relationship from him knowing about God and him actually know who Jesus is. And that relationship happened uh, that the revelation of who Jesus is happened because of the relationship uh, that Jesus had with Peter. The more they spent time together, the more Peter knew who Jesus is. And Jesus actually says that, my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. My Father in heaven has revealed this to you. Not, 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 not any human being, not anybody, but my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. So it's important for us to understand this. The, uh, the second thing that, that happened in the, in the scripture is that Jesus then changes the identity of Peter, he, uh, Simon. He, he says, you're no longer called, called Simon, you're going to be called Peter. The importance of us actually spending time with Jesus. We move from, from, from people that... Um, have no identities to being confirmed, to have confirmed identities. Some of us have plans this year. We want to do things this year. We, we have things that we want to do. The more we spend time with Jesus, the more he reveals to us. The more we get a revelation of who he is, the more he reveals to us who we are. The more we're going to spend time with Jesus, the more he's going to reveal to us who we are. So it's important to understand that revelation comes through relationship. The more we spend time with Jesus, the more we get to understand who he is. The more we spend time with Jesus, the more we understand who he is. And our identities are confirmed through a relationship with God the creator. Listen, the more you spend time with the God who created you, the more you know his intention for you. The Bible says that I know the plans that I have for your life. The best way to know the plans that I have for, for um, the plans that he has for our lives is to spend time with him. It's to spend time with him. Because he's the one who created us. He's the one who knows the plans that he has for us. I remember 2009, um, um, I'd come to Cape Town to spend time with my family for school holidays. And I was on my way back. Um, I was sitting at Cape Town International. And I was sitting there. And, and God just, just um, told me that he wanted, to, 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 he wanted me to grow my relationship with him. And in that, I was very young, and just, God just said to me, I want to grow my relationship with you. And, and I was about to catch a flight to, to, to fly to, to Harare, Zimbabwe. And as I went to, to school for, for that month, of, I think, remember, it was now the month of September, I spent time seeking God. I spent time trying to, to, to get to, to um, seek God in, in that month. And that is the month that God revealed to me things that are only happening now about my life. The plans that are only happening now, things that I would have never known in my life that were going to happen to me. In that, in the month of September 2009, God showed me my life, showed me uh, that I, I, was, I was going to preach when I didn't even know anything about the word. Uh, God showed me all these things in 2009, and it, it came through me being intentional about my relationship with Jesus. It came through be, me being intentional about my relationship with Jesus. So this, this, this conversation, this story about a relationship with Jesus goes way back. Goes way back in the Old Testament when God told Adam and Eve that if you eat of this fruit, you surely die. The, the death that was being spoken about there was not physical death, but actually spiritual death. Um, if you, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you have read the scripture, you know that the Adam and Eve had a relationship with God. God used to come in the garden. They used to walk together, and they were naked. 
and then they messed it up. Um, <laughs> listen, they used to walk with God and have a conversation with God. Listen, they, they had a great relationship with God where God would come down. And, and when they ate of the fruit, God chased them away from the garden. That relationship was broken. And, and fast forward many years later, uh, man built a temple, and these temples were, were, were split into three. And the, the, the first part was the outer court, which, which was a, a place where men, men, people that were not pastors, people that were not leaders, were, were allowed to go into. And the second part was the, the holy place, but the holy place did not have the, the presence of God. And the last part was the, was the holy of holies, which was the place where the pre, what, that hosted the presence of God. And only priests were allowed to go into the holy of holies. Everybody else, you were not allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. And God that saw that this was a flawed system because you would need to confess your sins to another sinner so that you, that sinner can go into the Holy of Holies. And people had no re direct relationship with God. And what, ha what used to happen in those days is that the priest would need to, to cleanse himself before he goes into the Holy of Holies. And they would tie a rope around him and put a, a bell on his foot and he would go because no one else could go. Because if he goes in there and he's filthy, and he would definitely die. But if he dies, no one can go and take him out. So the, if, as long as the bell was ringing, they would know that the priest is alive. But if he stops ringing, they would try to pull the rope and pull him out. But God saw that this was a flawed system. And separating the, the holy place and the holy of holies was a very thick curtain that was there. So God saw that this was a flawed system, and he said, I'm going to send my son Jesus so that he can be crucified on the cross and pay, and, and pay the price so that I can regain this relationship that was, that was lost. If you've read the scripture, you know that when Jesus was crucified, the curtains were torn from top to bottom. And this is something to celebrate because the significance of this happening, the, the curtains being torn apart, this was God saying that I no longer need a temple to hold my presence because my people have become my, 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 my temple. The Bible says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You host the very presence of God in you. It is important for us to actually spend time with God because we host the very presence of God in us. We have become a temple. We don't need a place, a temple. We can come to church and fellowship, but you can still praise and worship God in your car. You can still spend time with God in your house, on your bed. You can still spend time with God in your shower. That was the significance of the curtains being torn in those days. This is something to celebrate. If I were you, I would celebrate, but great. Um, so this, 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 this was very important because we, what happened in that portion of Scripture when Jesus Christ paid the price. Jesus moved from just being Jesus around us to Jesus in us. He was now in us. The presence of God was now in us. The presence of God was now an ever-present presence in us. And it's important to understand. I remember when I was in, when I, when I, when I was in high school, when I was in primary school, high school, I don't, I don't remember, where this social platform that was called Mixit. Do you guys remember Mixit? Yeah. Mixit was was probably one of the first instant messaging platforms. I remember you'd need to, to buzz your friend to come online so that you, you talk, and people that were born after 2000 are like, what are you talking about? So Mixit was a great platform, but Mixit lacked this, this one functionality that Facebook was able to offer me. And this one functionality that Facebook offered me was the ability to update your relationship status. <laughs> and 
if you're in high school, listen, it's, it's the coolest thing because everybody knows that it says you're in a relationship with so-and-so. And that was the cool thing. So when I was looking at, at the options that Facebook gives, and I, got, I was like, hmm, this is actually how some of our relationships with Jesus are. The options that Facebook gives us are actually how some of our relationships with Jesus are. So I'm going to go through those options that Facebook gives us. <laughs> the first option that Facebook gives us is single. That's the default option that comes on Facebook. When, when you sign on to Facebook, it says single. That's the default option. And, and some of us are single. We have no relationship with Jesus. So that means that there is no accountability, there is no relationship at all, there is no commitment, you have not surrendered your life to Jesus. Some of us are here and today might be the day for you to take and to begin that step, to begin that walk, to actually develop your relationship with Jesus. The second option that I saw on Facebook, which is very funny, it says that in a domestic, in, in a domestic partnership, uh, a domestic partnership basically is, means that, okay, in the, in the Christian context, in, in how I am taking it, in a domestic partnership, means that your, your parents or your partner has a relationship with God, but you don't. But you don't. I'm going to read a scripture for us. It's going to uh, bring this home for us. And it's a, it's a very common scripture, which is in Acts 19.11. It's a funny scripture for me because I see the humor in the scripture, uh, Acts 19.11 says that God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. And when handkerchiefs and aprons had merely touched his skin and were placed on, on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. And a group of Jews was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits and they tried to use the name of Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this, but one time they tried it, and the evil spirits replied, I know Jesus, I know Paul, but who are you? A bit of context in, in, in the scripture. The seven sons of Sceva were sons of a leading priest, meaning in the modern day, they were sons of a, of a pastor, apostle, bishop, uh, prophet, uh, whatever we call them these days. Um, there were sons of the leading pastors, right? And they tried to cast out these evil spirits because they were sons of a leading pastor. So because they were sons of a pastor did not mean that they had a relationship with Jesus. So because you have a partner who has a relationship with God or because your parent comes to church and has a relationship with Jesus does not mean that you have a relationship with Jesus. And this is the important, it's, it actually says in the scripture that they, I command you in the name of Jesus, not in the name of Jesus I worship, not in the name of Jesus I have a relationship with, but whom Paul preaches. Whom Paul preaches, not, 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 not a name that they have a relationship with, but a name that someone else preaches. This is the danger of, of, of trading upon other people's relationships with Jesus. And the next option uh, that I, is in a civil union. So a civil union is a, 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 a union where you do everything that married people do without having gone through the legal <laughs> process of being actually married. And we have many people who are in church 
who come to church, who serve in church, who are leaders in church, but have no relationship with Jesus. We do everything, but we haven't gone through that last part, which is just us developing a relationship with Jesus. Us developing a relationship with Jesus. I call people that are in a, in a, in a civil union modern-day Pharisees. Because we come to church, we know the Bible, we love the pastor, we are heavily involved in church, but we have no relationship with Jesus. We have no relationship with Jesus. We have no relationship with Jesus. The next one that Facebook offers you, this is Facebook, not me, it says complicated. You are in a complicated relationship. It's complicated. It's complicated. There's no consistency in a complicated relationship. You don't, are you in? Are you out? There's no consistency in a... Con uh, there's no rhythm. There's no communication in a complicated relationship. And that's a risky place to be. That's a very risky place to be. And my favorite, this is my favorite. It says in an open relationship. In an open relationship. And in the words of Jada Smith, an entanglement. <laughs> this is an entanglement. And please show the picture. When we are in entanglement with Jesus, we will leave God looking like this. <laughs> entanglement relationships are risky because there is no commitment. I can come to church. I can be with Jesus on a Sunday. But on a Monday, I can be somewhere else. On a Tuesday, I can do something else. On a Wednesday, I can be with other people. Because it's an open relationship. There's no accountability in an open relationship. It's a very transactional relationship because I'm just going to come to church so that I can just get what I need to get. But on Monday, I'm going to go somewhere else and get some, something somewhere else. But I think what God is saying to us is, allow me to walk with you on Sunday. Allow me to start the week with you on Monday. Allow me to be with you on Tuesday. Allow me to lead you and, and lead through you on Wednesday as you, go to church, as you go to work. Allow me to be with you on a Thursday. Allow me to be with you on Friday as we turn up. Allow me to be with you on Saturday. And allow me to be with you on Sunday. I think that's what God is telling us because it's very difficult for, for, for us to develop, to, uh, to be in, a, in, a, in an open relationship with God because there's no boundaries there is limitations to how God can lead us. Because if he wants to lead us on a Monday, we cannot allow him because we have only allocated a Sunday for him. And that's a very risky place to be. People have no problem with, 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 with baby Jesus that we sing at Christmas. People have no problem with Christ the Savior who died for our sins. People have a problem with Jesus the Lord. The Lord who wants to lead us, who wants to walk with us, who wants to change us, who wants to, to, to overwhelm us with his love. We have a problem with that. So it's important for us to be careful of being in open relationships with Jesus. And the last one that I love from Facebook is being married, being in a married relationship. The Bible says that Christ is the is, is the groom and we are the bride. I think when we are married to Jesus, if you get married to someone, Tammy, 
what surname do you use? Yes. So you took up your husband's surname. So when you're married to someone, you take up their sermon. Surname, not sermon. You, took, you take up their surname. And it's important for us to understand in the scripture that we read before that um, the sons of Sceva were trying to cast out demons in a name that they did not have the legal authority to use. So when we are in a married relationship with Jesus, we get the, 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 the authority to use the name of Jesus. We get the authority to use the name of Jesus. When, if we want to heal the sick, we can be able to do that because we have the authority to use the name of Jesus. It's important for us to understand that when, when, when we're in a married relationship with Jesus, we move from being just with Jesus and Jesus in us to us being in Jesus. And the significance of being, of being in Jesus, the Bible says, you shall cast out, you shall heal the sick in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name is not something you say. It's a location, it's a place you, it's a place that is powered by a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says that we are seated in heaven, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. It's a location. It's a, it's, a, it's a phase of a relationship that we get to, to, to get to the more we spend time with Jesus. It's important for us to understand that when we are in this place called in Jesus, that we are no longer fighting from, we're no longer fighting to get victory, but we're actually fighting from victory. When we're in this place called in Jesus, I, I know we have plans this year. I know we, we, we want to achieve a lot this year. I know we have goals, we have visions for this year. But I want, I, it's important for us to start with God. Let us start with having solid relationships with God. And everything else is going to fall in place. Matthew 6, says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all, not some things, not most things, and all these things that you desire will be added unto you. So the more we seek God, the more we start this year with God, the more we actually are intentional about our relationship with God, starting silence and solitude, reading our Bible, praying, the more God can reveal to us who we are. Listen, there's a scripture, I read a scripture that was, was, was talking about um, Peter being changed from Simon to Peter. Something similar happened in the Bible. We know the story of Jacob, when Jacob wrestled God. I look at it as him spending time with God. And after wrestling God, he got a revelation that you don't mess with God. After getting that revelation, God then says, because you now have that revelation of who I am, I'm going to change you from Jacob to Israel. You are now going to be called Israel. And it's important to understand the relationship between the relationship, the revelation, and our identities, everything that we want to achieve this year being revealed through Christ Jesus.
So what am I saying? What am I saying to us today? As the worship team joins us, what am I saying to us today? I'm saying to us, let us seek God. Let us develop and be intentional with our relationship with God. Because the more we are intentional with our relationships, the more all the other things that we're concerned about will come to pass. So, as I'm going to close, I'm going to tell you a story. There was a neighborhood, and, and in this neighborhood, there was a guy who used to walk from door to door. And this guy would walk from door to door offering to clean people's houses for free. And one day, this guy went to a, a, a certain lady, and he knocked on the door, and the lady said, whoa, please, 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 wait outside, let me first clean the house. Let me clean the house by myself, then I'll let you in. And the guy said, but I'm here to, to clean the house for free for you. And the lady said, wait, I will clean the house first before you come in. You might be here, and you, you haven't taken this step to start this journey of salvation, to start this journey of a relationship with Jesus. And you're saying, let me, let, maybe let me stop doing that before I take the step. Maybe, maybe let me stop doing what I'm doing before I take the step. But I feel God is saying to us, just open the door and let me do the rest. Just open the door and let me do the rest. And you might be here. Him, I see then the man walking to another house. And as he tries to get into the house, the owner of the house lets this man in. But he only lets this man to be in the lounge. He does not let this man to be in every room. You might be here and you're saying, Jesus, I'll walk with you on Sunday, but I will not need you on a Monday to, to, to Saturday. But then Jesus is saying, I want to lead you every day. I want to be in, involved in every aspect of your life. I want to be involved in every room in your life, in your house. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, Behold, I stand at the door knocking. And Jesus is knocking at some of our doors right here, right now. And he's asking you to take a step. And if you're here and you want to take the step to begin this journey, the decision is the first step. So that's you reaching out for the door handle. That's perfect. The next step I would then want you to do after this is to open the door. And that involves you actually taking the step to go to the connect area where you're going to meet people that will begin to walk this journey with you. And it's important for us to understand if you forget anything about this method, message, just remember the most important thing in life as a Christian is to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Everything else is secondary. The most important thing is for you to be intentional about your relationship with Jesus. So I'm going to ask us to stand if you don't mind. We're going to go into who you say I am. It says, I am chosen, not, for, not forgotten, because God loves you. 
I want you to remember that God loves you. God loves you. And he had to orchestrate a plan to come and save and redeem that relationship that we once had with God. So if you're here and you're going to make that decision, Tammy is going to come after this and she'll tell you what you have to do. But this is probably the best decision you're going to make for your life. Probably, if not the best decision that you're going to make for your life. So we're going to go into the song as we worship, then Tammy is going to come after me. Thank you.